All right, folks. Yes, it's a Saturday, but we're going to we're previewing on Saturday. A big, big weekend. Big weekend where division titles and playoff berths will be will be notified after this week. Several teams. We might know more than half of the playoff field by Monday night. And obviously a lot of big matchups and critical matchups. And obviously it's Saturday, so that's why we're doing it today. Because we have two big matchups. One's already begun. So let's really get right to these two Saturday matchups right away here. So obviously it's already begun, but the Denver Broncos hosting the Buffalo Bills... And for the Bills, this could be the most important day in many, many years. If they win this game, not only do they make the playoffs for the third time in the last four years, and back-to-back, obviously, it's their first division championship since 1995. 95 was the last time the, the, the Bills ruled this division, even though it was a little different then. But obviously, a big matchup here. It's already begun, so... Your prediction on this? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, man. If this wasn't a Saturday game, this would be a game we wouldn't even talk about. So, I mean, really, the bottom line, the, the Broncos are garbage. The Bills are um, Super Bowl contenders. And the Bills are playing for the division uh, championship right now. So, yeah, this is this is a lock here. Buffalo wins easy. Final score here is going to be 33-16. to 16. Yeah. At this point, like I said, I mean, the Broncos could give give them a fight. I mean, we'll see what happens as the game goes on, but the Bills are a better team. They're hungry. Stephon Diggs has been the best one of the best receivers in football. He has over 100 catches this year. He could lead the league in catches by the end of the season. And and like I said, it's just it's just it's a waste for for him. Drew Locke, you know, I'm disappointed in him. He could have they could, if he stayed healthy and, and situated, the Broncos would be a playoff contending team. But he hasn't. He hasn't all season, and this team is just in the way right now. So, so Denver's go, so Denver's going to lose to Buffalo here. Hopefully, you know, and Buffalo wins, and the final score, you know, as this game is, continues, thirty to twenty uh, seventeen. Now tonight. Another big matchup, the Green Bay Packers hosting Carolina. Now, obviously, it's not a big matchup because Carolina, for whatever reason, has the same record as the Atlanta Falcons, but they're not eliminated from the playoffs. They're going to be eliminated, and, and they're not going to the playoffs, so we know that. But for Green Bay, they could put a big a big hurt in their they could pick they could put a big hurt in the NFC standings. The one seed could be very close. If they win and New Orleans lose tomorrow, they could be the one seed almost guaranteed to, to clinch by next week. They they may have nothing to play for week 17. So a big matchup here for Green Bay, who obviously knows that the the Saints have their handfuls tomorrow. So a big matchup here. Can, can Green Bay be one step closer to home field advantage? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean... Um Carolina is a team that's just uh, they started off the year looking pretty decent but they've fallen off recently they lost six of the last seven um, and like you said Green Bay is playing for that number one seed um, Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate this year again um, 
He's got three, 3,685 yards, 39 touchdowns, four interceptions. So he's playing at a really high level. Carolina hasn't been looking too hot lately. And this game's in Green Bay. I mean, I don't see much of a chance for Carolina here, man. So I think Green Bay wins this one. And I'm going to say the final score here is going to be 37-20. to 20. Yeah, this is not going to be much of a matchup either. Obviously, like I said, Carolina can play spoiler, but they're they're basically, you know, they're 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 a team going nowhere. Obviously, they've struggled down this, here the last several weeks. You know, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is having another dominant year, going to be in the hunt for his third MVP award, and obviously, the weather's going to play a role. It's going to be snowing potentially. It's going to be obviously cold. It's going to be bare cold out there. So obviously that doesn't help Carolina either. So at the end of the, at the, end of the night, it's it's Green Bay. They're going to win easily and go and move forward to to potentially going to, for the one seed if New Orleans continues to lose. So they win and the final score 40-23. to Alright, now we move to tomorrow, Sunday, the big one. And obviously, you know, for people who are not used to seeing us here and hearing us on Saturday, this is how it's going to go. It's going to be the same rules as it always is. So we're going to cut out. Well, obviously, we have to think that look at these matchups we were going to cut out. But there's a lot of mismatches in these, in these games tomorrow. We only have two unanimous picks and one that's on the verge. So the first one is easy. My Ravens. They play Jacksonville tomorrow. That should be no no problem. Lamar Jackson should this game Lamar Jackson won't be playing in the fourth quarter. That's how I look at this game. Yeah, I mean that's an easy win. So Well the New York Jets unfortunately, you know, they're they're still searching for a win here in these final few weeks. Knowing that they don't want to end up the two thousand eight Lions and the two thousand seventeen Cleveland Browns as teams that not win a game 0-16, but their chances are is looking greater and greater of that happening. They play the Rams tomorrow in L.A. or in Inglewood, so, huh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Uh, that, that's that's a, not even a question. Now, obviously, we should go through most of these because those are the only two guaranteed unanimous choices because it does because we know that those are definite those are definite so we're going to start our our journey you know around the league and and we're going to, and we're going to go from you know teams that are in the playoffs but obviously have an easy game to the teams that are obviously in critical matchups so that's how we're going to do this so the first one is going to be Tennessee and Detroit and obviously Tennessee is is rolling right now, trying to win this AFC South for the first time in over in a dozen years. Detroit obviously is is trying to do what they have to do. They're still in the in the playoff mix, but very very much in, you know on the verge of elimination. Big matchup here for Tennessee to try to continue their role to their first division title in a long time. So big matchup here in Tennessee. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean this one. This one, I, I would be fine with putting this as a, a gimme one too. I mean Detroit. Detroit's awful. Um, 
So, yeah, it, this one's not even going to be close, dude. Um, Tennessee's going to blow them out. But on one on one note here anyway, Derrick Henry is, he's, he is, at least have a shot at a 2,000-yard season brushing. He'd have to average, um, what was it, just right around 150 yards rushing per game over these last three weeks to crack 2,000. So he's got a shot because he does have a lot of cupcake defenses he's coming up against, including Detroit. So, you know, look for that anyway. Let's see if he can keep pace or if he can catch up in pace anyway. So, um, yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. Tennessee wins easy. And the final score here is going to be um, 34-20. Yeah, this is, this is another... You know, like I said, Detroit, they they're gonna they're not even gonna have Kenny Galladay for this game and Matt Matt and Matt Stafford is just you know, he he's basically at the end of his ropes with this franchise. Like I said, Tennessee is obviously riding the back of, of Derrick Henry, who is going to once again for the second straight year looks like win the rushing title if he if he hangs on here. You know, that two that magical two thousand rushing yard season, like I said, it happens it happens like once every five years, it seems like. So, like I say, he has a chance. But I think Tennessee should win easily. Like I said, Detroit still has an, a, a very, very outside chance of making the seventh seed. But it looks very much unlikely. They have to they have to finish second in their division for that for that situation to happen. And I don't see that happening. So, Titans win. Comfortably, and the final score, 41-26. to 26. All right, we're going to go to the next matchup here. We're going to stay in the AFC South here. And obviously, Indianapolis trying to win this, trying to win this division like the like Titans. I said, we'll see what happens there. But obviously, they have a an easier matchup or not really... You know, like I say, a lot of these are mismatchups. So, t- so they're playing Houston, and Houston's coming off a shocking loss to the, to the Chicago Bears. I don't get it, but like I said, to me, they should. They, you know, Indy should take advantage of of the of the Texans' struggles from last week. So, like I said, Indianapolis trying to stay with t- Tennessee in this AFC South race. Go ahead. Yeah, this is another one. Um, I mean. Houston's not so bad that you can make it a a complete lock, but the bottom line is Houston's all they're 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 garbage too, man. Um, and we're talking about a um, we're talking about a Colts team that has a really good defense, a really good coach, and they can put up some points. So, I mean, really, I don't this this one's not going to be close either. I think this is going to be an easy blowout win for the uh, Colts. So, I'm going to say final score here is going to be 37-23. Yeah, like I said, it was it, it sucked last week to see you know the Texans struggle. This was the worst they played, probably the worst game they played all season to the Chicago Bears. I don't know, but like I said, it's not like the Houston is going anywhere. They're a spoiler team. They can obviously. Beat win win this game. The last these two teams met two weeks ago, and it was a battle, and it could be a battle again tomorrow. But like I said, I think Indianapolis is a team trying to get. They're trying to get to the postseason, and obviously we'll see what happens here with this matchup. So, like I said, I think 
you know, I expect Phillip Rivers to do some things. Jonathan Taylor had a great game a few, you know, against Houston last week. So, like I said, I, I got uh, the Colts winning as well and the final score, uh, I'll say uh, 38 to uh, 38 to 26. Something, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Now we get now we go over to the NFC portion of the of our screen. Actually, we're going to go to the Monday night matchup because this should be a unanimous choice. But because it's Monday night, we can't have it as a unanimous choice because everybody gets to see it. So, obviously the Pits, the Steelers have started to free fall a little bit here the last couple of weeks. After an 11-0 start, they've lost their last two. And obviously, they don't want to continue to struggle. Their chances of getting home field is also starting to falter. But they play the Bengals. Ryan Finley's going to get the start over Brandon Allen. I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. But go ahead with this matchup. I know you'll be quick with it. Yeah, this one will be super quick. But, I mean, it's not even worth talk, say, talking much about. Um Pittsburgh's coming off that loss. Well, actually, two straight losses, and um, and you know they're trying. They're still, I guess, technically in the hunt for the number one seed. But it's, I don't, I don't see him catching the Chiefs now at this point. But either way, it doesn't matter, man. Both, or Cincinnati is going to be picking in the top five this year, and um, they're not winning a game the rest of the season. So, yeah, this will be an easy win for Pittsburgh. Final score here is going to be 44-10. Yeah, this is this is a mismatch. I mean, when these two teams met earlier in the year, it was the similar deal. You know, the Bengals are basically are selling out, you know. Looks like they're going to get the, 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 thir- the, the number three overall pick behind Jacksonville and the Jets at this point. So, really, it is what it is for, for this matchup. Sealers will bounce back. Doesn't mean they'll fix their problems, but... They gotta give me here a test. Se- they'll turn this into a test session pretty quickly. So the Steelers win quickly. I meant pretty easily here in the final score, forty to ten. All right, now we'll go to the NFC side, and obviously, if you're looking for Tom Brady, like I said, like I said, Brady has done a very good job this year. He's having and actually he's having a better season than he did last year. His last year in New England, but. Has a tough matchup on Sunday. Even though they're going to be favorite, the Atlanta Falcons are not a, a pushover team. They they can beat you. And, you know, to, they have to win this game most likely to secure a wild card spot. But obviously they know that they will be in the playoffs if they win. The Falcons obviously can play a major spoiler. We'll see what happens here. So, like I said, a critical matchup. And one thing is, Brady's unbeaten at, at 1 o'clock. This game will be at 1 o'clock, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this one, yeah, maybe maybe um, Atlanta's not a, put, a total pushover, but they're not good. And um, and like you said, Brady does play well, if he's, if he's not playing in prime time anyway. So, um, yeah, really, the, 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 the Bucks are looking to get in the playoffs, and um, the Falcons are just looking... Really, they're looking towards next year. So, I mean, this is this this should be a pretty easy win for Tampa. I don't see um, um, Atlanta really. 
game out of Brady, and the Bucks win easy. Final score, 37-24. Yeah, this should be an interesting matchup. Like I said, Matt Ryan looking for some kind of technical revenge on Brady from Super Bowl 51. Obviously, he met Brady a couple years earlier and lost as well. But like I said, you know, Brady's, you know, he's perfect when they start, when they play early. And that's one thing you have to think about, you know. He's not been good good in late in late and bigger matchups. And I don't know what that means come postseason. If they're going to be one and done or not, we'll see. We'll have plenty of time to preview that. But obviously, the Falcons... They're a team that you know they're not easy. They're not easy get team to play, and like I said, this game is in Atlanta. So obviously, if you're if you're Brady, you know it's a difficult matchup. But you have been you have played better on the road this year anyway, and this is a early an early start. So I expect Brady to to have at least three touchdowns, and you know I expect Antonio Brown to actually have a big game for once. He has done nothing, but we'll see what happens there. So yeah, the uh, I call them the Patriots, or the Puckin' Patriots, whatever the hell they call themselves down there, <laughs> whatever they call themselves down there. But Bucks win, final score, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. All right, like I said, you know we're just bozing around here looking at all these matchups. We're gonna go to the Sunday night matchup next, and obviously, you know. It's almost, you know, we talk about crazy reunion games. We always see reunion games. It happens all the time in this league. Well, Sunday night's game has a very much a preferral of deja vu. The Giants play the Browns. The Giants are obviously fighting for this for this division along with with Washington. But this is a critical matchup for them. The Browns, obviously, this is a critical matchup. This game was flexed to this matchup a few weeks ago. How about this? COVID has sadly affected their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. So Freddie Kitchens is going to be calling the plays. He's going to be interim offensive coordinator. And Colt McCoy, a former Brown himself, is going to start again over Daniel Jones, who is out with with some with some injuries. So, like I said, this I don't think this is a trap game for the Browns as they as they pose as they close in on their first playoff appearance in in many 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 years. But playing your ex ex members seems kind of weird. Can Baker Mayfield and those guys overprevail against Freddie Kitchens again this time as opponents in a in a re in a review? So big matchup here for both teams. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, this is one of the few games this week, because we don't really have that many, where we have two teams that are both um, playing to get in the playoffs, you know. I mean, really, the only reason the Giants are trying to get are in, in, a, in a position to get in the playoffs is because of the division. But Cleveland, um, they're actually a, they're, they actually have a really good record, and they're looking to get in the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Which is the longest streak right now um, of uh, any team in the NFL for not making the playoffs. So, you know, they're trying to break that. And um, yeah, you mentioned Colt McCoy. You mentioned Freddie Kitchens. Um, 
But another guy that's on the COVID list that's going to hurt the Giants big time is um, James Bradbury, their top cornerback. So, you know, they're, 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 they already are playing with a backup quarterback. Now they're going to be missing their top cornerback, which is going to hurt the defense. Um, they're going to have a tough game. And, you know, last week with the Giants, again, they're, they're bad, they have a bad offensive line, and that showed last week they allowed eight sacks. They're going up against Cleveland, who has some guys that can get after the passer. I think Colt McCoy is going to have a tough game. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we'll see if uh, Odell Beckham can have a big game against his former team. Huh, he's not way, playing. He's not playing. He's injured. He's injured. Remember, he's on IR. He's injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. He'll watch the game, I'm sure, and hoping and hoping for better things, but he's injured. He hurt himself yeah, earlier yeah. in the year. That's right, yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter, man. They don't need him. Um, it, this is going to be an easy win for the, for the Browns. So, um, look for uh, But I, I am looking for a big game out of Nick Chubb. But either way, yeah, Browns win. Final score is going to be, I'm going to say 36-20. Yeah. And as we're talking here, I got the Notre Dame game on, and they're getting their asses kicked right now. Uh-oh. I might have to turn that on here myself. But, like I said, looking at, at the at this matchup here, like I said, Odell Beckham, I'm sure he was looking forward to it earlier this year, playing his, playing his ex-team, but obviously he won't be able to do that, unfortunately. But this should be an interesting matchup here, like I said. The Browns are, are, are on the verge of making the postseason for the first time in 18 years. Baker Mayfield's having a solid year. And obviously, Kevin Stefanski's going to have a chance and have a talk for, for Coach of the Year. He should be. Like I said, the, the Giants, they blew their chance last week against the Cardinals to, to really win this division. This division race, may be, they might be out of it. And if they lose this game tomorrow night, they're basically finished. Like I said, Colt McCoy... When he, he started against Seattle, but he didn't do much. You know, the defense played well enough to upset Russell Wilson. I don't think they're going to do that against a much more tougher opponent in Cleveland with the with the defense. So I think that at this point, the, Bron- the, the Broncos, I keep calling them that, the Browns should win this game pretty solidly. So Browns win. And another, another thing is the Giants' offense do not score a lot of points, so it's going to be hard for them to score. And the, and the Browns are, have become a high-scoring team, averaging 43 po- 41 points per game over the last two weeks. So I don't know if they're going to score that many, but Browns are going to score points, and the Giants are not. So the Browns win, and the final score, 33-16. to 16. All right, we're going to go to uh, down to the south again. We're going down to South Beach, another place you love to go to. Obviously, for Belichick, his playoff hopes are hanging on a string right now, and he goes to play against Tua, you know, a rookie. But in a building that he's had in his Patriot career, a mixed bag, where he's either been dominated or been dominated, like I said, this is a critical matchup for New England to, to keep any playoff hopes alive. For Miami, this is a big matchup for them. If they're going to make the playoffs, this is a must win. Beating, Bra- Bra- I mean, beating Belichick 
you know, maybe more important than ever in this matchup than any other matchups they've had in in the last several years. So this is a critical matchup for for Miami and obviously for New England as well. It's a playoff critical matchup for both teams. It's a one of our playoff criticals. So go ahead. Yeah, so um like you said, my they're New England sitting there at six and seven right now. Uh, their their playoff hopes are like are just about uh, dashed and this week um, it's going to be the end of New England's playoff streak here. Um, Tua, he's sitting here at four and two as the starting quarterback of the team. He, he has he's played some decent, but he hasn't been great or anything. But he's played well enough to get victories. But it's really been the defense that has really um, um, won these games for Miami this year. Um, in, in back in week one, they played New England and allowed 217 rushing yards. But ever since, they've been really good for the most part. And one guy who is looking like he might be um, defense or yeah, and uh, defensive player of the year this year is not Stephon Gilmore, who won it last year, but it's on the other side of the ball at Miami, and that's cornerback and a different cornerback, Xavier Howard, who leads the NFL in. Um, interceptions with nine and he is tied for first in the NFL and passes deflected for 17 so he's having a huge year and he could end up winning defensive player of the year um, and I'm looking at this one and I think he's going to I think he's going to get his 10th interception of the year and get the double digits t- this week so um, um, yeah I think New England's going to have a tough game though so Miami wins and I'm going to put the final score here at 27-23. Of any team that lost last week outside of the Browns, the Dolphins played probably the most exciting game for a loss all season against against Kansas City. That was probably the most entertaining game until the Browns and Ravens played on Monday night. So just to put that out there. Miami's defense is legit. They they're They're third in the league in yards allowed. And obviously, that's a big match. And, and going against Cam Newton, all they have to do is stop the run. They don't pass the ball. New England is the fourth worst passing team in the NFL. So, how, if they stop, if they stop the pass, I mean, if they stop the run, then obviously it's going to be hard for New England to score. They're not very. They don't score a lot of points anyway. They're they're become a gimmick team where they have to use a lot of ways. Jacoby Myers is not. Is not Julian Edelman. He has not done a decent job at all. And like I said, Cam Newton obviously has become very one-dimensional this year. All he does is run. That's all he can do. He cannot pass at all anymore, and that's a shame. And like I said, Miami's defense should have a dominant game against this Patriots. And like I said, Tua's not go- don't have to do much. Obviously, he just has to manage the game. That's what they basically ask him to do which he's good enough to do. And obviously, like you said, Xavier Howard has a very good chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. Like I say, he lead, like you're, like you're absolutely right. He does lead the league in interceptions and in pass deflections. So he obviously knows that, you know, he's going to be a pro bowler and an all-pro this year. But like I said, at the end of the day, I do think Miami's going to win pretty comfortably. I just don't see New England scoring points. I just don't. 
They're just not built right now to do so. So, Dolphins win comfortably, and the final score, 27-13. to <laughs> Alright, we're going to go to, now we get into the interesting matchup, but now we have our first of the season, and we will have more next week, the Playoff Eliminator. Playoff Eliminator this Sunday. This matchup was was flexed out of Sunday night a couple weeks ago. It's a, it's a Sunday afternoon early start. And these are two teams that know each other very well historically. And obviously, they've dealt with their injuries and their struggles all year. Obviously, for Dallas, it's been, it's been a mess. But they're coming off their best performance of the season last week in Cincinnati. The 49ers obviously has been a mixed bag. They've had decent games. They've struggled in, in many games. But they still have an outside chance to, to make the playoffs, though it's a lo- virtually a long shot at this point. And for Dallas, the same case for this division. So, a very important matchup for both these teams. Loser is out of the playoffs. Go ahead. Yeah, so... um. Like you said, Dallas came is coming off a big win last week. It was their best game of the year. It was also Andy Dalton's best game of the year. He had a 122.6 quarterback rating. Um, so they, they got maybe a little bit of momentum going. But they're going up against the 49ers team that um, at least, you know, they're, they're a team that sort of some weeks they look good, some weeks they don't, you know. Um, Nick Mullins, he, he's put up numbers. Um, he's got the third most passing yards through 50, his first 15 games of his career at, ever at 41.86. But, I mean, he's just not a, a actual starting quarterback in the league. You know, I think it's more that the system. But one guy to keep an eye on for this game anyway is Brandon Ayuk, the rookie receiver. He's... Um, He's been really good most pretty much all year, but in his last 10 games, he has 36 receptions, 495 yards, three touchdowns, and he's just a playmaker. And I'm looking at him and um, going up against that Dallas secondary. I think he's going to have a big game. I think that they're going to scheme some, um, they're going to have a scheme where they get the ball in his hands and allow him to. Uh, make guys miss in, in space, and he's going to make some big plays. And I think that's the difference in this game is that the, um, the Niners have a guy that is, is on offense anyway that is going to um, really um, have a big game, whereas the, 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 the Cowboys, I think they're going to struggle offensively. So 49ers win here, and I'm going to say the final score is going to be 30-20. to 20. Like I said, this is a very critical matchup for both teams. They're still in the talks for the postseason, but like I said, very slim. Dallas can only win the division, and they're the and they're a very much. They're basically eliminated with one more loss. The 49ers, like I said, they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year, especially to Garoppolo and George Kill, who probably aren't going to return. And if they're eliminated from the playoff, neither of them are going to return at all. Obviously, Nick Mullins, he's a backup quarterback. That's all he is. And like I said, you know, 49ers have played well at times, but they've struggled at times as well, too. They've been a mixed bag. 
And, like I said, but the injuries have hurt them. And it's obvious that, you know, but do they have anything left to stop the Cowboys? The good news is this game is played at Jerry World, where the Cowboys, for some bizarre reason, do not play well at. They just do not play well. They've been getting their ass handed. Their defense gets their ass handed to them every time they play here at home. And the 49ers can move the ball. They can run the ball. Raheem Mostert, he's going to play. He's one of the best runners, pure runners in football. So, obviously, like I said, Brandon Ayuk is having a great year, too, for a rookie. You know, he's going to have a great future ahead of him. Obviously, I, I look at it like this. You know, Dallas is going to have to stop somebody. They stopped the Bengals, but this is a much more talented team than the Bengals, than they, who they played last week. So, I think I agree with you. I think the 49ers are going to make it very difficult for the Cowboys, and this may be the end of the Cowboys, and their chances of getting a top-five pick is something they should think about now after this game because that's where they're going to be heading for the fifth, the fifth overall pick. So the 49ers win, and the final score, 33-17. to 17. All right, we only have a couple more games left. We're going to go to the NFC North. Big batch up here. Like I said, the Cardinals play the Eagles on, you know, in the in the late afternoon matchups. But if the Eagles pull off an upset, one of these two teams in this matchup will be back in the postseason as a wild as the seventh seed. So this is basically about for the seventh seed in technical. Minnesota was in the seventh seed, but they lost to to Brady in a dumb in a dumb Viking-like way, underachieving. And the Bears woke up offensively for the first time, had their best offensive game of the year, and maybe it's come it maybe came at the right time for them. So this has been the last couple of years, the finale, but now this game is happening a couple of weeks early for the hell of it. So big matchup here in the north for their playoff chances. Somebody will get boost after this win. Go ahead. Yeah, so in the last three games for the Bears, um, Trubisky, he's, he's actually played well, and the offense is, has been a lot better. They've actually been pretty, they've actually been good. Um, Trubisky, he's, he's in, his, in these last three games they started, um, he's got a completion percentage of 67.3, thrown seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and has a 100-even quarterback rating. Um, and the offense, in general, has average 30.3 points per game over that span so um they've gotten a they've gotten a bit of a boost and they're they're hanging around in the playoff picture at six and seven both teams are at six and seven but um i think this is where um chicago and their playoff hopes pretty much are ended um i i just uh i think uh um Dalvin Cook's going to have a big game, and just I, I, I don't see Trubisky keeping up a high level of play for a long time. So, um, just overall, I think Minnesota is going to um, take down Chicago, and it'll be a divisional game. So, Chicago will hang in there for a while, but in the fourth quarter, I think Minnesota pulls away. Like I said, I'm expecting a big game out of Cook, so he's going to wear that defense down. And by the time the fourth quarter comes around, Minnesota's going to be able to um, pull away. And they're going to win by two scores, but it will be a closer game for three quarters anyway. But Minnesota wins um, 
final score is going to be, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 34-23. Like I said, I mean, this is going to be a big matchup here for both teams because, like I said, the Eagles play the Cardinals, and if the Eagles somehow pull up an upset, which is very possible, we'll obviously get to our game here, here at the end like we always do. One of these two teams win, and they're in the seventh seed again. And that's big. And if you look at it, like I said, Chicago has woken up with Trubisky. To me, I don't even know why the hell they brought in Nick Foles. I mean, Trubisky's not any, and will never be an all-pro, but he'll obviously fits whatever offensive s- scheme that the Bears are using. They've won more games with Trubisky than they have with Foles this year, and it's obvious. And we'll see what happens. I mean... Minnesota has been a mixed bag. Dalvin Cook has not been healthy late as of late, but obviously it's important for him to get the ball, and Kirk Cousins is not having the season. He struggled this year in many games, and obviously this is going to be a battle. I mean, these are two teams that know each other obviously well. It's a division battle, you know, and these two know each other so well, and it's going to be a, be- and it's going to be a war. Like I said, I think this is going to be a... What you know, it could be even though it's not my game of the week, it has that look like it can either be a big, it could be a beatdown, or it could be very, very close. And you're saying it's going to be close for a while, and I think so too. I think this is going to be a, a closer matchup than than even your than even your prediction. I think it's going to come down to the final to the final possession, and I think the Vikings will find a way to pull this off. I think they're the better team. And they'll sweep the uh, the Bears for the first time in a while, and get and get themselves back into the postseason discussion. It's not really a playoff eliminator like the Cowboys and the 49ers are, but somebody's going to probably be back in the seventh seed with this win. So Minnesota wins on a field goal, and the final score twenty seven to twenty four. All right, we have. You know, like I said, we haven't done this yet. Our our lock and my game mixed, but it looks like it's here. It's gonna finally happen. Biggest matchup of week fifteen is this one. Two teams with Super Bowl expectations and two teams that could see each other in in about maybe about another seven eight weeks. But obviously, let's not think about that right now. But this is a big matchup. How big is it? The Saints' loss last week has opened the door for them to bring back Drew Brees. He's going to play. Now, how healthy he is, we'll see. But can but can the Saints bounce back in their hardest in their hardest matchup against the Rocket and Big Red and their, and that and that team? Big matchup here. Game of the week, this is it. F- late afternoon, go ahead. Yeah, man, um, this is not my um, lock of the week. So, we, we still haven't done that. But, um, yeah, in terms of this, we're talking about Kansas City versus um, uh, New Orleans. Probably the, well, two two of the best teams in their own conference. I, I, I still say the Saints are number two, but if when Breeze comes back, they could still be the best team in the conference, and Kansas City right now is the best team in their conference. So, um, like you said, this could be a Super Bowl preview. We'll see. 
but unfortunately, if it is a preview of the two teams playing in the Super Bowl, it's, it, the Super Bowl would be a completely different game, assuming Drew Brees is back and healthy, which, you know, he'll be back, but he needs to stay healthy because Taysom Hill, I mean, we saw him last week in that Eagles game. Um, you know, he's 3-1 and one as a starter, but let's face it, he's not a quarterback. He can't throw the ball. And at this point, the um, the book is out on him. You know, he, he's had a full month where you can see him playing um, a full game, not just play here and there. And everybody knows how to stop him now. So it's good. this is going to be a tough one for the Saints, man. Um, that Kansas City offense is just uh, it's it, it's too good. Mahomes leads the NFL in passing yards, 4208. Um, Kelsey, he he's, he needs 128 yards receiving for the rest of the year to break George Kittle's record for tight end receiving yardage at 1377. And right now, he, he he could become the first tight end ever in NFL history to lead the the league in receiving yards. So, I mean, he's having a huge year again, and. It's uh, it's um, it, it, it's it's going to be more the same this week, I think. Um, you know that Saints defense is pretty good, and they're not going to get completely blown out. But the fact of the matter is, Taysom Hill is garbage, and he's he's not going to be able to um, put up points. He, he really, I, I'd be surprised if they can put up more than twenty points, but um, um. He's definitely not going to be able to keep up with that Chiefs offense. So, one, either way, the Saints lose. Kansas City gets the victory here. So, Chiefs win. Final score. I'm going to say, man, I think by the time, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, really, because um, I do think that that Saints defense will be pretty good. But I think by late in the game, like I said, in the fourth quarter, there's going to be a bunch of turnovers from Hill because they're, they're playing from behind and they're trying to catch up. And it's going to allow the Chiefs to have some shorter fields and score some points. So it's going to look like a blowout in the final, final score, but it's not going to be. It's going to be a, a not, not a close game, but a, a, a game where the Saints like look like they have a shot for three quarters. But in the end, it's going to look like a blowout, but it's, it's not really. But the Chiefs end up with a victory, 37-17. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they are they are activating Drew Brees. We'll see how he does in practice. I mean, they said he looks sharp again. He looks ready to go. But like I said, it's up to him. We'll see. Yeah. And obviously. I, I'm assuming he's not playing, but, you know, even yeah. if he plays. But this is what happened. But yeah, but this is what I thought would happen last week. The Eagles would have exposed somebody was exposed Taysom Hill, and that exactly what happened. And now the Saints are are now in a position where they have to to start Brees, where they did, where they were going to hopefully wait until the postseason to do so. At this point, they have to do what they have to do because if they lose home field advantage, like I've been telling you for the last month, their their Super Bowl hopes are going to take a big hit, and. The Saints have obviously been a disappointing team when it matters over the last couple of years in the postseason. Nobody's been more disappointing. For Kansas City, like I said, this is a big matchup too because, like I said, the Steelers have a gimme this week. 
So they need to win this game to obviously continue their role as the number one seed. And I think they will. But this is going to be a battle for a while. Like I said, the Saints defense is tough. And they've been tough at home more especially. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if if the Rocket can come in here and start throwing the ball up and down the field for for Hill and and, and for and for others for him and him and uh, him and Hill, you know Tyreek Hill. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is going to be a it's going to be a field game. It's going to be a, a track meet kind of game. You know, it's the fastest stadium in football. You know that. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. But I think Kansas City's going to pull this off. I just think that. All all inter- all situations look to to the to them, you know, winning this matchup. So I think that the Rockets gonna throw a, a late touchdown, and that's gonna be the difference. I think Breeze will play the full game, but I just think he won't be as sharp because he's just, you know, he's just not one hundred percent, you know. So so we'll see what happens there. But Kansas City wins a big matchup. In the in my in my game of the week, the Nance Robo game, and the final score thirty three to twenty seven. <laughs> All right, we've reached the end here. Big match up here late when that game's going on as well. That game going here. You're forgetting one game. What game is that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I just realized it. You you thank you for for missing it. Like I said, two a, a very important matchup here for the NFC East. Washington has taken the lead, and they have a big matchup here on Sunday against Seattle, where they're not favorite, but and they're not playing Alex Smith. But if they find a way to beat Seattle, upset Seattle like they've upset the Steelers a few weeks ago, the NFC East looks very, very much like it's it's a done deal. It could be in their hands. But if they lose, we may see somebody else take over soon. But obviously, critical matchup for both teams. Seattle still in this division race with the Rams. They have a gimme against the Jets. So, for both of these teams, it's a it's a it's a critical game. It's a it's a very critical game for both of these teams. So go ahead. Yeah, man. Well, the only reason I caught it because this one is my lock of the week here, and um, um. This is a six-point, six-and-a-half-point spread for Seattle. They're giving up six-and-a-half. Um, Washington is coming in hot on a four-game winning streak, but Alex Smith is out, and we're looking at Dwayne Haskins, at quarterback, going up against Seattle. And um, even though Washington has one of the best pass defenses in the league, um, they're going to have a, they're going to have a tough time stopping Seattle, man. Um, DK Metcalf. Is obviously a beast. Um, Tyler Lockett is about to break a thousand yards again. Russell Wilson obviously has been uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since he came in. Um, Seattle here is looking to win to make uh, their eight clinch their eighth season out of nine since they since Russell Wilson came to the team. Eighth season where they make the playoffs. Um, and even their defense has stepped it up recently. Um, in the last seven games, the defense has 28 sacks, and Jamal Adams has eight and a half sacks this year, which is the most recorded by a defensive back since um, since basically since they started keeping track of that record of that of that stat. 
1982. So, I mean, Jamal Adams um, could become the first D-back ever to get double-digit sacks, and he could do it this week because with Dwayne Haskins back there, look, look for Washington, the Redskins, to have a um, – and look for them to have a tough time moving the ball. You know, I, I see a lot of turnovers. I see a lot of sacks coming um, for, for Dwayne Haskins, and he's going to have a tough day here. And like I said, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, they're going to hook up a few times for some big plays. Even even going up against a really good D, they they, they always hook up for a couple. So um, Seattle wins. They cover the spread, and um, and it's um, it, man. Seattle with the victory. Final score here is going to be 31-13. Like I said, this is a very critical matchup for Washington. If they go and win the NFC East, this is a must-win. And they're, they got the momentum. They've won their last four games. They got some big wins in that in that in that time period. But like I said, Seattle's a tough one. And you know, like I said, I mean, can they beat Seattle? Hell yeah, they can. But I just think that Dwayne Haskins is not the guy I would want to start. And there's a reason why he was benched a month into the season and why Alex Smith is back. Because we don't trust him, and they don't trust him. So, obviously, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Like I said, Washington's pass defense is something to be to be concerned of a little bit. Because, like I said, you have D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. These are two guys that, like I said, they're just dominant. And Russell Wilson's having another dominant year. So, you know, you know, he's fourth in the league in touchdown passes. So this is going to be a critical matchup. And like I said, the Seahawks ain't going to gonna lay an egg here because this is a critical matchup for them if they want to win this division. They're still in the division race with the with the Rams, and they have a Week 17 matchup which is going to determine a lot for them, for those two teams. So, this is a critical matchup, and I think Seattle's going to pull this off. I think that all all systems are, Dwayne Haskins is just not going to keep this keep up with what Seattle's doing. So, Seattle wins, and the final score, 27-17. to In your lack of the week. All right, let's go. We we like we said we always end with the last one here. Like I said the Eagles a few <clears throat> a few weeks ago it looked like it was over, and going into last week it looked like the season was just it was over and it was done and they were buried, and then they pulled off a shocking win against the Saints, and it wasn't by luck. They actually dominated the game. It was the first time all year the Eagles actually didn't even trail. So. Obviously, we saw the Jalen Hurts changeover provided a spark, the spark that everybody wanted, and now they his first road start here tomorrow against a team that's eerily similar to them. They can rush the quarterback. They obviously have a quarterback that's a dual threat in Kyler Murray, and obviously it's going to be a battle. Who's going to lead in rushing yards by a quarterback, and who's going to make big plays? But... The Eagles have to do something. They've two things they still haven't done yet. Yet, score thirty points and win at this at this at their at the Arizona's building. They haven't beaten Arizona Cardinals. I'll tell you that in a moment. So go ahead to it. Yeah, man. I mean, I know everybody's uh, 
riding high on Jalen Hurts right now, but uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a tough one for the Eagles, man. Um, um, I think I think Hurts can have a decent game, but he's not he's, he's going to have to do a passing the ball, which you know he, he he's not going to. Uh, He's not going to have a huge game passing the ball, but he can have a decent game passing the ball. But in terms of running, he's going to have a tough time, man. Um, Arizona's got a lot of speed on that defense, and having watched what the Eagles did last week to the Saints, um, you know their main focus is going to be on not letting Jalen Hurts get out of the pocket. And and that's going to be it, man. They're They're going to... hang back, they're going to tell Jalen Hurts, you got to beat us with your arm. Because, let's be honest, man, even though he's a good running Miles Sanders is a really good running back, the Eagles aren't going to utilize him much more than 14 carries anyway. That's pretty much what he gets every week. You know, he disappears for long stretches. Um, so it's, the focus for that defense is going to be on Jalen Hurts and not letting him beat them with his legs. And they're going to have some. They're going to have success doing it, especially when you factor in now Jack Driscoll's out for the year. So now we're back to looking at Matt Pryor at right tackle. You know he's going to get beat like a drum. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a tough, tough time for Hurts this week. I think um, at the same time, Kyler Murray is set up for success this week with all these injuries to the Eagles secondary, all these receivers and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, um, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella for a deep threat. You know, the Eagles aren't going to be able to stop all that. Even if, even though the defensive line has been getting pressure a lot more re- recently, especially last week, you know, they're not going to be able to um, contain Kyler Murray. And, it, 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 yeah, this is going to be a pretty ugly game, I think, man. I think people are going to finally get off the um, – playoff push, you know, finally we we can finally put an end to this nonsense that the Eagles have a shot at the playoff. So, yeah, Arizona wins. It's not going to be pretty. And the final score is going to be um, 40 to 20. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I mean, we... I was just talking here. Clemson scored another touchdown, so it's now uh, twenty-four to three going into the half. Uh, so. Sorry, man, about that. But I can. This is the first time I think all year I vehemently disagree with you on 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 a matchup of any matchup. Now, yes, the injuries. The Eagles have a lot more injuries than they've had all year defensively. You know, they're they're going to have a. a Nobody in the secondary big, you know. It's going to be Jalen Mills and a bunch of nobodies because Jalen Slay is out with a concussion. And obviously, yeah, the O-line, once again, is going to be makeshaped again because Jack Driscoll's been put on season-ending IR. So Matt Pryor gets to start. But there's something about Arizona that, you know, if they were such a contending team, they would at least do more... To stop to, to stop screens and situations because remember when they played New England and how that game went and how that and how they lost that game. I mean, yeah, Arizona is a team that's they're they're slip they're, they're a team that needs to do they need to impress if they're going to make the playoffs. This is a game they must 
impress. And I'm afraid that they're going to let their guards down in this game for some reason. I know that the Eagles don't have enough, but they have enough offensively to score points on this defense. And Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball. He's going to, I mean, I don't know if he's going to run for 100 like he did last Sunday, but he's going to run the ball, and he's going to stretch the field out. And like I said, remember, he played the hardest defense you're going to play all season in, in the Saints. The Cardinals is about middle of the road. Even though they're fast, they can get to the quarterback and stuff, and I do think Jalen will get sacked at least twice because of the line, maybe throw an interception, two things he didn't do in his first start. I still think that I can't always trust Kyler Murray in some situations. And for some reason, if this game is close, that's not good for Arizona. And I feel like everything, all, all the pieces are there for a potential upset again. I know it's not going to be easy. I think Arizona's going to have a t- have it easy for a while in, in situations. But I do think at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's going to make a mistake. If the Eagles can find a way to turn him over in the fourth quarter, that's going to be the difference. And the Eagles know it. They know that this division is not over. Even though, yeah, this season is pretty much, yeah, it's dreadful, but... They can see the light at the end of this dark tunnel. It's a very dark tunnel, but the light's there. If they win this game, the light gets brighter. So, I'm going to go against you here. I, I'm going to go with my with my head up high here, and the Eagles are going to upset Arizona. They're going to upset them. 30-27, to 27, I'm sorry. I, I think, I, I have this feeling that they're going to find a way. This, Arizona's, a, they're, they're good, but... They let their guards down. They've let they've let games slip away. You know, if they were so good, they wouldn't be seven and six. So, like I said, I'm thinking the Eagles are going to pull the upset, thirty to twenty seven. Yeah, I'm not with you on that one, man. I'm, you know, that whole uh, thing where the team plays better when they have the backup quarterback in there, just like in hockey with the backup goaltender, that doesn't last them very long. And uh, and um, yeah, with all the injuries, the Eagles aren't going to be able to keep up with Arizona's offense. I'm sorry, bro. All right, well, like, well, we'll see who's wrong and who's right tomorrow on Wednesday when we look back. The look back, like I said, we'll have the look back and we'll talk about, you know, playoff stocks and everything else. So, like I said, no, like I said, we're doing this early because of a couple games today. May not do this next Saturday. I just looked at the schedule. And we'll talk off scammer, but like I said, big matchups here. I hope y'all enjoyed it. We will be with y'all Wednesday to look back. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.